Welcome to the latest episode of 115 Miles. Hass, how was that for you? It was interesting, Josh. <laughs> it was we good. Had, it was good conversation. We had another conversation about, um, I guess, about power structures and um, how we're fed information and the power that that might have over us and what we can do to kind of fight back and counter against that. And we came up with absolutely nothing in the end. <laughs> Yeah, but we we managed to kill 40 minutes, so that was good. <laughs> no, it was a good conversation. Yeah, we, we, yeah. we we bopped and weaved, and we hope that you enjoyed this. That's where can people come and join the community? Come find us at 115 Miles Pod on Instagram. Enjoy this, and we'll see you all very soon. <laughs> This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. Growing up 115 miles apart, our lives couldn't have been more different, but we find ourselves today with many similarities and outlooks upon life. Join us on our podcast as we take a topical dive into life, work, culture, and everything in between. It's the what? Hassan, Hass. Yeah. How are you, my I'm friend? Good. How are you? Uh, all over the place, actually, yeah. this morning, if I'm honest with you. As we've just discussed, we've had loads of technical issues, but we're here and we're ready to cord live on Zoom. How does it feel being on Zoom after such a good episode in the studio? Has? It's a bit of a loaded question, isn't it, really? It's not, it's not quite as fun as you trying to tr- put your... Uh, show me a video moves on the couch uh, stuff that you were talking about. <laughs> it doesn't feel the same on Zoom at all, does it, remotely? No, remotely. Whee! <laughs> Here we go! <laughs> I was trying to work out a sentence, uh, but I couldn't work it out. So, so for the listeners, uh, just so the listeners know, we're recording a week early. This is going to go out next week. So we are behind on the dates. We're doing that because it's half term next week and we've both got the whole week off. Yeah, which is unusual for... Have you actually genuinely got a whole week off? I do have a whole week off, yeah. You're, you're taking the whole week off, you're not going to work? I'm not going to work. Yeah, I'm going to be... I don't, I don't for a second believe you. I'm not taking my laptop. I'm not working. No, 100%. I'm off the grid. Not working. Out of office? Out of office on... What, what will your out of office say? I'm out of the office. What will the... Is that it? No, I, I will say I am... What, do you want the words? Do you want, like... Well, I just think there's this new thing, isn't there? There's this new, like... Um, does it, 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 We used to just go, look, I'm out of office and I won't be back until this date. There we go. Yeah. But there's this new thing where people are like, I'm out of the office because I'm taking self-care. And so I'm literally definitely going to have total downtime and be drinking four juices a day while eating really, really healthy and exercising every single day. So I won't be able to contact you. Why don't you try it? Yeah. So I've had I've had out of office emails that say at the end, if you haven't tried this yourself, why don't you try it? (laughs) Like, like, look how good I am. Why don't you fucking try it? Look at you checking your emails. Yeah. I've tried to be witty in the past. You know, what if you're out of office? Yeah, a little bit. Not even that witty. Just a little bit. Please tell me. Yeah. Please tell me. How, can, can you remember your wittiness? And what is it, it wasn't that witty now that I think about it out loud, but um, uh, it was something like, I, uh, I'm i going to uh, 
take some time out of the office to drink loads, lose uh, cards with my kids and uh, swim in the sea. How about you? Why don't you do it? <laughs> no, I didn't do that. that. Was but more, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that next That was time. more Chris witty than fucking funny witty. <laughs> oh, that's a name I haven't thought about in a long time. Well, he'll be coming back soon, won't he? Oh, with the monkeypox. Well, is he with a monkeypox monkey specialist man. as well then? Oh, yeah, probably, yeah. Probably. Yeah. I'd imagine so. Do we still, is he still held in high regards now, Christopher Whitty? Or do we all sort of think, oh, hang on a minute, the old thing was a bit dodgy. He's, he we're not he was probably the one taking the pictures of Boris Johnson at the parties. So he should be elevated to hero status if that's the case. Well, he's already hero, isn't he? He's a sir, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a hero to me. Is he still a hero to you? He didn't is lose Richie Sunak is, is Richie Sunak still a hero? Is it Richie or Reggie? Uh, it's Rishi, so oh. <laughs> I think. Uh, but let's call him Reggie from now on. I like that. Reggie like, makes him seem cool and suave. Yeah. Is he still your man? Because you loved him, didn't you? You loved him more. Let's be honest. You loved him more. No, I thought he was all right, yeah. He was the saviour at the time, wasn't he? He was he was the most reasonable looking out of all of them. Looking. That's important, isn't it? Like genuinely that is important. Did you know he's just spent in since um it come out that he's, you know, a knob. Uh when did spent, that, when did that come out? Uh about three weeks ago. Yeah. It was in the Sunday sport. It said Sunday Reggie Sunak is a knob. <laughs> <laughs> is the Sunday sport even a newspaper anymore? Or was it ever I don't know, paper? but I don't know. But if it was, it would say that he spent seven hundred and fifty thousand pounds on um, uh, focus groups to try and repair his image. Since then, seven hundred fifty thousand pounds. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, all right, Doctor Evil. <laughs> <laughs> One million. Um, <laughs> wow, that's that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money on PR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To try and repair the fact that uh, everybody hates him because of how wasteful he's... Not wasteful he's been with money, but... Is there something to be said? Are people just pissed off because he's rich? Or is he actually a knob? A genuine question. Uh, Over to you. Uh, thank you. Uh, I think he people are... Um, are... Uh, not pissed off that he's rich. I think they're just. It's just they can't deal with the hypocrisy of him not supporting people in these most difficult of economic times where people are really suffering, and he's just got. He, you know, he won't. He thinks that you can just you know get a job. Is I think Boris said get a job. That's the easiest way out of poverty or something along those lines this week, and uh, the the you know you can't be as you know on the Sunday Sunday Times rich list and be making macro you know policy that doesn't really support people coming out of poverty. What what because there's like he, Boris Johnson has said wait a little longer for this windfall tax right? Yeah. What is that? What is a? Do, can you describe what that is? Well, I think basically a windfall. Ta you know, the energy companies are disproportionately benefiting commercially from um, from what's going on in terms of the uh, the f fuel prices, right? So therefore, they're saying our the cost of fuel has gone. Therefore, our prices have to go up, and so they've been passing that on to the consumers. But they've been making record profits. So actually, there should be a windfall tax they, they basically got a windfall uh, you know it's just 
they, they don't really deserve it in the truest sense. So they should pay a tax on that in the short term. And a lot of them are saying, oh, well, we're going to pump that back into kind of clean energy. And, you know, it's all a bit of bullshit, really, to, you know, to kind of, you know, hold on to the profits. Because what they what a windfall tax is immediate, right? It's like you've kind of got yeah. to do it now. Whereas they're saying, oh, the investment will take 20, 30, 40 years so they can spread that uh, kind of, you know, that cost. And so in the short term, it will go to their shareholders. So, so why? But but like that seems cut and dry, right? To me, that well, they, clearly they should be paying that straight away to help, you know, the people that are literally. Uh, well, it's not cut and dry because their argument is, is you know, as long as we are reliant on external sources for our fuel, we'll always be held to ransom to prices. So their argument to the government is, we're going to invest. You know, we're going to invest in this, but this isn't something that you're going to see today. Um, but then also, there's obviously a lot of pressure behind the scenes that we don't see around lobbying and around funding and, you know, donors and, uh, you know, power plays and things like, you know, there's probably threats like if you don't allow us to do it here, then we're going to have to do more offshoring and, you know, base ourselves in different countries and all those sorts of things. Right, right. So there is like... Although we would probably sit here and say they should be doing the tax, the, the, the windfall tax, right? There is, they do have like semi, at least plausible arguments. Because sometimes I look at this <clears> stuff, <throat> right? And um, I just think I don't even understand how they can just not do it now. Because I see Boris Johnson has said, wait a little longer. Well, I I think there isn't a plausible case. They're just, they just have enough, you know, these they have big corporate have engines power. and power to be able to, you know, argue right. against it. And it's why, you know, it's why big tech is gets away with not paying corporation tax, you know, because they can wield enough power by saying that they're going to move or they have enough move country or they've got enough influence to shape direction of like who's in power and things like that. That's why they're kind of allowed to get away with this stuff while, you know, the common people get fucked over as usual all of the time. There's far too much centralised power at the moment, isn't there? What do you mean? Like, there's far too much... Like, the fact that there's that much power and we're just sort of, like, defenceless to do anything about it. Yeah, but it's always been that way, really. Hasn't it? Do you, you think? I don't, do, you not think it's, do you not think it's got worse? In, in what way has it got worse? I think, I think society has shifted and there's more influence from corporations, but there's always been, like... There's always been a lot of central power... Uh, I know this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and th- so this follows on a little bit from what we were talking about on the last episode, right? But do you not feel like um, we're having uh, our power taken away from us in the like by 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 the way that communities are being split up, and by the way that the like the media seem very good at being able to consistently and constantly pit us against one another to fragment communities. And there's like this rise in the kind of individualism in the in, in recent times. And I don't know, there, there's a sense in me that it feels like at our level, we're having our power stripped back more from us. Or am I just more aware of it now as an adult? No, I think you're no, I think you're right. In that context, I think you're right in that it isn't just about government now. It's also about um it's also about like media and big tech and you know how they are dividing and and obviously there's a kind of a political and economic 
uh, like focus to that as well. Because when you see that power that you just talked about in, um, when, when you see the power that you've just talked about that the energy companies have, right, in terms of lobbying and funding and all that kind of stuff and what they're able to do as a result of that and the power that they yield as that, like the media have that even more, right? So, so like the connections with them all sat on boards together and involved with each other, surely it just, like you realise then that like mainstream media and the way in which we're fed information in itself has become like highly problematic. And, and, and just to caveat that by saying as well, when you, when I say mainstream media now, right, there's a feeling in me that I'm one of those, like makes me sound one of those like right wing fake news, cons- fake news. What is it? <laughs> yeah. But do, 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 but that but, was my uh, Donald uh, Trump impression, by the way, but it wasn't very good. Is that what it that was, was a bit more yeah, Michael no. Jackson than Donald Trump, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that was, you know, that you're failing at this wittiness every hurdle at the moment, are you? I'm tired, mate. Uh, I woke up at half four. I, um, I don't have wit in me today. But check out my, e- but up- check out my email signature uh, next week. <laughs> That's where you get the funny side of me. If I woke up at half past four, at half past nine, I would feel perkier. Well, good for you. <laughs> why did you wake up at I half just, four just woke up and then you know when you've just got stuff on your mind that was it what's up what's on your mind has just lots of work stuff and how i'm gonna take a week off next week <laughs> <laughs> uh. but do you not where we were going with that let just to kind yeah. of wrap that finish that conversation up uh do you not feel like there's a sense of that? Like anybody that like, what what I find that's really strange, and I want to try and articulate this. Anyone that kind of has this conversation now, there's this underlying kind of knowing that we're having our power stripped back. And that like, even from the last couple of years with everything that happened with the pandemic, it seemed like whatever you believe about that, one of the end results of that is that the rich and powerful got more rich and powerful off the back of it, right? There's kind of like an underlying knowing that that's the case. But if you challenge that, then you become like that feels like that can only be like a right wing type challenge nowadays, you know, to 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 say the main to talk about mainstream media in that way. I mean, I understand what you're saying about mainstream media just because it it, it became a weapon, you know, in the last few years around how to kind of almost denounce fact uh it was it was just weaponized um just you kind of the term mainstream media um but i do think uh mainstream media is also challenged by both sides you know of the kind of polit- political spectrum um there's the sort of the the right wing side that you mentioned but also the left wing side in terms of its reporting bias particularly around race around women uh, and all that sort of stuff so I think it's fine. I don't. I don't think it's quite as uh, conspiracy theorist as maybe you're you're suggesting uh, to be able to talk about it. But I think uh, it, it definitely, again, in itself, it it allows certain people to sort of put you into a pocket if uh, if you're trying to make a point, whatever you're making a point on, 
if somebody wants to have an opposing view, they can just kind of say, well, obviously you're a conspiracy theorist or, you know, you would say that or you'd point to the mainstream media. I think um, mainstream, I mean, how, what do you define as mainstream versus not mainstream media? So I think po like podcasts, uh, largely speaking, not, not mainstream media. And when I say mainstream media, I'm talking about like Sky, um, the things that are on the telly. So like Good Morning Britain, like there are, and by the way, when like from a UK perspective, you got Sky News and BBC News, right? People don't really consume their news anywhere else anymore. Mm. Like really, ITV. apart from, yeah, ITV, yeah. right? So you've got a very small amount of streams that we're being fed news from. And I just, there is a sense that uh, you can be highly controlled by that. I mean, do you count, say, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram as mainstream media as well? Um, no. Hmm. I see them as social media um, and somewhere... Look, I think if you're getting your news from any, like this is where I think we need to look at our own responsibility, actually. I think if you're getting your news directly from any social media platform without then going and at least trying to find other narratives on it, right? To go and read different things. Yeah. Um, then, then I think you have a responsibility to check yourself. I reckon, a I mean, I, 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 this is anecdotal, but I reckon a lot of people get their news from social media and don't, like, you know, fact-checking everything or multi-source checking one feed, one, like, you know, tweet, it requires a lot of investment and people are moving really fast and we know that they're bombarded with information. And then it's very targeted in who it's talking to, right? So people just, you know, if you see news that feels connected to your kind of uh, political approach, interspersed with things you're interested in, like things around pets or food or sports or whatever, then it feels like it's it's stuff you would believe because everything else feels very you. So yeah. why would you go and check it, you know, because actually this is what, people around you are saying and this is this is why we have these very very but careful that's why divides. and that's why i think we do need to have more conversations about it. that's why i like podcasts long-form podcasts where you can really pull things apart yeah because you know like you look at like the war on ukraine one of the main reasons i don't really talk about it is because i've not looked into it right i don't really know anything about it so i wouldn't want to and and like it doesn't wholly interest me right that makes me sound possibly uncompassionate um but 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 it doesn't so i haven't like kind of um invested in researching it but do you think that what you've just talked about and getting your kind of news from the social media is like a real heightened uh like intense version of getting your inf information from my mate down the pub like it might have been 15, 20 years ago, you know? Dave down the pub said, because 20 years ago, this is before social media, yeah? yeah. There was a lot of that, wasn't it, yeah. right? Dave down the pub reckons that, uh, I don't know, that, that 
you know, you shouldn't listen to Sky News or whatever. And it, you'd be a little bit, back then, in the end, it would be like, well, what have you checked what Dave down the pub thinks? Or are you just taking him for what he what he says, right? And I, is, I'm speaking off the cuff here, but do you think what's going on is a version of that? I mean, I think uh, it depends on how highly you regard uh, the, the quality of information from Dave down the pub. You know what I mean? So, like, if, if you're just having a, a chat over a pint, then... Uh, some of that stuff you you pick up from Facebook. What I think is different is it's very calculated and very targeted. People, you know, companies spend hundreds of millions to kind of get certain things in front of certain people at certain times and influence their behaviour. And Dave down the pub probably is just, you know, he might want to try and persuade you a little bit, uh, but then you sort of go, okay, I'm not into this, and you go and have a chat with somebody else. Whereas I think... Uh, this is way more calculated. So, um, yeah, I don't think they're the same thing, I'm afraid. Not remotely the same thing, or are they the same thing, but then height and tenfold? So it would be a little bit like, you know, Dave down the pub, you think, actually, Dave's full of shit. But then in today's world, what happens is, is you get put in a room full of Dave's so that you start going, well, everyone's saying it. Everyone that everyone down the pub reckons uh, okay, old Doris I see is, your not, point. Is, knocking, yeah. is knocking off with... Yeah things yeah. thingy down there right so it must be happening because everyone down the pub votes it and like you kind of re i grew up in a village right stratton village so you learned very quickly when you started going in the pub because i lived that kind of pub life you learned very quickly don't believe everything that's said down the pub even if everyone's saying it because everyone's just following everyone and it's the blind leading the blind and everyone to a degree especially in the pub is full of shit right and so the, the kind of same is a little bit true on on um social media but it's being led by a puppet master at the top that can make sure that the pub is full of the people that they want it mm. to be full of, right? Mm. In order yeah. to feed certain Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you kind of play it out that way, I think there's definitely some connectivity to that, for sure. Like, I think um, part of why I think those little um, sort of pub circles catch fire is because you're more likely to believe your community than you are to believe that, you know, Boris Johnson and his cronies or Keir Starmer and his cronies or the police or, you know what I mean? Like, you're much more likely to believe the people around you. And if, if lots of people are saying it, you go, okay, well, I'll, you know, I'll believe this versus what the establishment is saying because there's always a bit of a them and us around power stru structures right so what what do you like as a people because this is quite i've had quite a few messages actually off the back of our last podcast i say quite a few it's about two or three um, which is quite a few <laughs> which is quite a few um where people were talking about how good the conversation we had was around censorship mm. right around censorship uh, i don't know why i've said like, i can't say it put my teeth back in um i put my gum shield back on <laughs> <laughs> definitely struggling today um, with it what what is the what's the so if 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 we're saying and correct me if I'm wrong but we kind of reached the conclusion that censorship is not the answer correct ideally yeah so is there an answer should there be an answer and what is it so if we're going to say that so 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 saying that censorship isn't the answer right means that we're saying people can say whatever they want on social media right is the solution we need to go up against Mr. Zuckerberg and say, we want a free for all back on social media, which I don't wholly see happening, right? Mm. What's, what is the solution? 
When you say yes. when you say free for all, what do you mean? Like as in not uh, no no algorithms? Ah, I okay. guess. Okay, well that's not going to happen, right? Because yeah. it's not it's not done to moderate speech. It's done to make money. So yeah, so, yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's never going to change. It's not going to happen. It's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah. So uh, I don't really know. Sadly, I don't really know what the answer is. You know, because censorship is um, not the answer. But then it isn't going to change. So I, you know, I think the only way that you can hope for kind of change is encouraging people out of social media and back into like communities, as you said, and talking with real people in different forums and different platforms. Yeah. Or is it to now encourage people? We've got a new way that we digest information, right? In the olden days, if Dave down the pub told me that um, something went on up in Scotland, right? I would have to go to the library, get an encyclopedia and look up what happened in Scotland, right? Yeah, I would have to go and do some research if I wanted to know any different. In today's world, this is where I think, this is why I've come away a little bit from that idea of like, with us saying people that have a platform have a responsibility. Like I think that I think that's true, but what? But I also think that if you're going to use social media, you have a responsibility to not just listen to everything that's thrown at you, and to make sure that you do kind of uh, gain your own perspective. Now that's your own perspective. That's not easy because the power system and the algorithms are all against you, right? But it does feel like we do need to um, take some responsibility to educate ourselves a little bit more on the things that we're seeing and re reading. This is where I think we've never really done that. So, so you know, as we said, it's gotten worse. The intensity's more heightened in terms of what, what's thrown at us. But, you know, we even you know, our news sources were always broadcast, right? So yeah, whether it's TV or newspapers, it's brought, it's called broadcast media, right? So it's, they're yeah. gonna, and, and so you, you pick one that feels that it's most like you. So, and then we're inherently followers, you know, mavericks are fewer yeah. than there are, you know, uh, followers and there are a lot more followers. So to, to just hope and expect people to have their independent thought, I think is a bit of a wing and a prayer. Like, I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, but that's what I'm on about. That's why you can't, it's not about hoping, is it? Like, this is, you, you look at the internet as being still relatively new, and then you look at social media as being even newer, right? I, I, I don't like the idea of just saying, well, you know, that's it. They're going to feed us that. And unless you stop using social media, we've kind of had it. Like, I do feel like there has to be some power within us where it's not hope and a prayer, but that we actually start um, influencing, I guess is the word, influencing one another to be able to have those conversations where we start to reflect and, and create new ways of getting our own um, information. That's not going to come from the people that we vote in to look after us because they benefit from the power that comes from yeah. them. And this is one of the, so this is one of the issues that you've got, because you would, you could say, let's bring stuff into schools, right? Where, where schools now help young people 
start to really look at the ways that they digest information and to research things and to not get too caught up in that. But they won't do that, right? Because the people in power won't benefit from doing that. So why would they ever do that? Mm. So there is like, I don't know, I feel like I might be going a little bit down a blind No, I don't think so. I think I just think it's too time consuming. Like what you're saying is indulgent. And like, and it's a, and I don't mean that as a dig at you. I'm just saying, like, people are so busy, they don't have time to, to, to fact check multiple sources. So what we're, what we're saying is, you know, there needs to be such a degree of behavior change that we sort of go and independently go and kind of seek out stuff. Whereas if there is no system to enable that, you've got to kind of create all these systems yourself. So you might get individuals like you, like me, like some others that will go out and kind of seek other sources. But even me, someone who's interested and will come onto a podcast, I still go to the things that are comfortable and familiar to me. I ve- yeah. I won't go and read something that feels a bit uh, anti my views. I wouldn't pick up the Sunday Times or the Telegraph or you know or uh, or go and see listen to five different podcasts on one particular topic, be- mm. and not because I'm not interested or not because I can't Just see. Just you're thick, yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean like like I, I do, I'm busy yeah, I do. and I'm like I, yeah, I, you know so we, what we're asking is a deep behavior change however I think what you're pointing to is is we need to we need to start changing the way we approach how we learn because mm. we're still learning in the same way as we did 50 60 70 years ago right and yeah. the world's disproportionately changed you and I had a conversation about whether the world is speeding up. I think the world is speeding up. It's definitely got yeah. faster in the last 10 years. Yet the way that we learn and consume and take facts is just exactly the same. Yeah. But the whole world, are, uh, 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 you know, around us has, has so significantly shifted that I think we do have to start thinking about how we do things differently. You know, one thing that I have started doing um, that's not... Uh what is it? It's not a foolproof way, but you know, Johan Harry, we talked about how he said consuming the news in the morning. Yeah. Since I got rid of all the news apps, so I got rid of all the news apps, right? Including Sky Sports and all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't even have sports apps now. So if I want to know what's going on in the sport world, I have to kind of Google it. And what I try and do is if I want to find out um, about Liverpool, I will uh, type in Liverpool result. Yeah. And then I'll go to the local the local paper for it, the local like yeah. the Liverpool Echo, I think yeah, it's called, yeah. whatever, yeah? yeah, right. So because uh, I find that's the best way to go and consume it, but but um, I've been doing that, consuming the news once a day. It's not necessarily always first thing in the morning, but I will only consume the news once a day. One of the ways that I do it is on iPhone, and this is where it can be a little bit problematic. You know, when you swipe right, that it comes up with the top stories there. Mm. So I know they're feeding me the top stories, but I'll have a quick look on there, and if there's anything that tickles my fancy, I might read that. Otherwise, if I've seen anybody talking about anything on social media, then I will Google it and look at a couple of stories. And I do that once a day. Yeah. The change that it's had on me, um, particularly emotionally and from a stressed state, has been, like, honestly, I don't want to overplay it, but it has been massive. Like, proper, proper massive in terms of um, headspace and um, like stress is quite addictive to us as humans as well. I mean, if you think about it, let's call it 20 years ago, people would 
let's say you commuted into work, you'd pick up a newspaper, you just read it in yeah. the morning. You wouldn't like re- yeah. you wouldn't pick it up every thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the updates, you would literally just yeah. read it once, probably maybe at lunchtime. Check the sport, the back pages. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Read what you didn't read at the weekend, and that's it. You know, page three in your terms. <laughs> I'm just joking. You're such a dinosaur, <laughs> man. Um, yeah, it's a joke. Sorry, don't cancel me. <laughs> I'm going to censor you now. Um, yeah, no, like I think, uh, I think it's really interesting to kind of look at it that way. I find it difficult to block it out, though. I imagine a lot of people are the same. If it's there, to it's, block yeah, what out? News input, like you're bombarded, aren't you? Like it literally is coming at you. Wow, that's what time. I mean. But that's where you can you can get rid of it. You can get rid of it. Yeah. So you delete all of the news apps off your phone. Yeah, you choose not to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, so that is like. It's a really, you sort of think to yourself, oh yeah, I just won't look at them and then I'll look at them in the morning. You have to delete them off then. Mm. But you are bombarded with it as well, right? Because most waiting rooms now have a screen in them with 24-hour news yeah. on them. Yeah. Like my gym, half the screens are Sky Sports and the other half are Sky News, right? And I don't know when the news channels came about, 24-hour news, but that's when, you know, and of course much like social media, those news channels want to keep you on them, don't they? Yeah. They want to keep you watching yeah. them, right? And they know the things that keep you watching them. And it isn't like, not a lot going on at the minute. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? It's not that. Mm. It's fear, worry. We're Next up, we're talking to this professor and he thinks you're all going to die in two weeks. So you better watch these adverts and stay on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So being able to kind of counteract back against that, um, I think we do have to start trying to take responsibility. Otherwise, we are going into kind of uh, 1984. George, Orwell, did you ever read that? I didn't read it. No. No. Is it good? I actually, um, I don't remember. I read it when I was about six months sober. And I think the main reason I read it is because I, I just got sober and I thought I'm going to become an intellectual and read. <laughs> which I didn't do a great deal of before then. Um, Let me ask you, before we move on, or this is the act of moving on, the latest picture to come out, uh, this might be a little bit sort of late news by the time this goes out next week, but the latest thing to come out um, is Boris Johnson holding a drink up. And and, and quite importantly, the table that is in front of him is full of of cheese and and wine, Mm. yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Hass? Yeah. you know, I'm not, I'm a sort of like, I think you, we talked about it last, last time when we were on the, you know, I'm sort of ambivalent now. I'm like, it's just another photo and Teflon Don will, will, you know, get rid of it. Um, what I'm more interested in is, um, it's probably going to be very easily identifiable who took that photo and yeah. who passed it on. So I'd be interested to see the witch hunt that goes on there. Depends how paro they were though. Yeah. Maybe. Because if they were all paralytic, yeah. right, steaming, they won't remember, are they? Yeah. I wouldn't remember on a night. Yeah. Who was sat there when I raised that glass? <laughs> Who was sat over by the cheese when I raised that glass? <laughs> Who had the Gouda? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, whoever's drip feeding these really wants him out and he keeps, you know, uh, you know, avoiding having to resign. But I don't know. It's got, it's got to happen I've- soon. 
What I find bizarre is because I have sort of looked at a couple of different things on this, right? What I find just really bizarre is the way in which it's reported on. So, like, on one of the ways, by the way, that I get a little bit of news is I have talk sport on the radio in the kitchen mm. most of the time, mm. yeah. And one of the things that they were doing on their news bulletins yesterday was, I don't know who it was, I'm assuming it was somebody from Labour, was like saying, you know, the party's one thing, we know that the party's happened, but he denied this particular party happened. And if he did, then he has lied in the House of Commons. And that is absolute, that is an absolute no-no. And he must resign if that's the case. And like, I just sort of think, are we consuming this bit of news and thinking, oh my God, yeah, I mean, he's actually lied. And, or does everyone, is everyone hearing it in the same way as me? Like, you all lie in the House of Commons all the fucking time. Like, wh what are you talking about? Like, this is like a... It's the uh, only angle they case. have there, right? I know, but it's the only angle they have and they keep reinforcing it. They're, they're, they're just trying to talk to the electorate. Like, it, if, it, if it failed nine times to get in, it might get in on the 10th. So they have to basically keep playing that angle. And of course, they're going to point out anything that's happened because it gives them a leverage point. It's, it's bullshit, though, because the, the, the thing that is... Um, ridiculous is how how kind of uh aghast they are or surprised they are that he that he's lied where he, he like it he has he has a deep history of lying to the commons and yet he's still there so like there's not a lot they've got but they have to keep going they can't not do it yeah, right it's just weird though isn't it it's just weird that it's like come out again and it's like i i don't even like i saw the photo and just thought it's just another photo like yeah yeah if i mean if this is the moment where you think oh shit he's lying then you're a you're a buffoon. Yeah. Good word. It is a good but, word. But it sounds a very Boris are, Johnson kind of word. This he would use that word, yeah, wouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Have you seen also something that I've seen a little bit of on Twitter? Um, the comparison of that picture and the one of Keir Starmer. No. Yeah. So like some that says there's says one dude on there. I think he's a Tory, and he's put the two pictures up. Right, the one of uh, Keir Starmer holding a a, a drink. And then the one of Boris Johnson raising the drink. What he's cleverly done in it is he's zoomed in a little bit so you can't see that table with all the booze on it. Uh, right? and, it and then he's gone, uh, somebody tell me what is the difference? the difference between these two photos. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think the difference is? Oh, Keir Starmer was enjoying a nice curry after a hard <laughs> day's work. <laughs> so, yeah. And his was during different times as well, wasn't it? We weren't fully locked down or anything. Yeah, I don't. I, I, I've stopped following it. Honestly, Josh, yeah. I just can't I don't be think they're wholly different. Yeah. I think Keir Starmer's a prick as well. I know you do. <laughs> I actually think that that the Tories have become Tory ultra, and I think that Keir Starmer now runs the Conservatives. I think we haven't got time to dig into that right now, I think though, have we? Labour are very conservative. <laughs> We've not got time to go. Well, if you want to, we could do. No, we haven't yeah. got time, actually, because uh, we are running out of time a little bit. It's going to be a bit of a shorter episode today. Has, um, uh, I don't know if the listeners are aware, having listened to this, uh, but it was my turn to bring the, the heat today, and I came completely unprepared. I was going to prepare this morning, and then um, some stuff happened, and I got waylaid, and I didn't prepare. Um, has, 
On a scale of one to ten, how obvious do you think that's been? <laughs> I think it's. I think it's. I think it, it, it's always a fun listen for our listeners. Uh, I, I say in hope um, that they feel engaged at our last fifty minutes conversation. No, I think it's been a good conversation. The one thing that I would say is um, when we was in the studio last week, like uh, you came and you're like, oh, I'm massively prepared for this. You did some notes. And there's a little bit of me that's like, ah, oh, it's not going to take this seriously though. <laughs> Every time when you say I'm not prepared, I'm a bit like, fucking hell, man, he's not prepared. Yeah. And then, you know, like when you like end up with egg on your face because you're like, oh, here I am again. Yeah. Having not fully prepared. Yeah. The sheer arrogance of me has. It's not arrogance, is it? Don't get upset. Don't get upset, by the way. I wasn't that annoyed with you. Uh, what? Uh, last last week? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was also a blinding episode as well. It was very good. That was because we were in the studio and nothing to do with what you brought to the table. Possibly so. Possibly so. But we will be back in the studio, right? From now on, we can almost promise the listeners that uh, very regularly we are going to be in the studio from now on. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's definitely, it's definitely um, more fun having to awkwardly look into each other's eyes and uh, and navigate that for an hour. Yeah. On that note, and a terrible segue, or perhaps no segue whatsoever, I want to come to the reasons to be cheerful now, Hass. Um, I'm going to start with you. Uh, what are your reasons to be cheerful? Uh, my reason to be cheerful is uh, my out of office is going on on Thursday night and it's going to be really funny and I'm going to have a week off <laughs> swimming in the sea, playing cards, drinking. You should try it, Josh. What are you doing? What are your plans? Uh, we're going to Isle of Wight um, and I am so I'm. We're going on Friday. I've moved it forward a day. We're going on Friday night. I'm putting putting the family, settling them in. Then I'm getting the ferry back to London to work. They're not yours. They're not yours. Who, who aren't mine? Yeah. To put in. I am putting my family in. Sounds like you're putting the dogs in for. I said set. I said settle it. Set, settling. No, you in. didn't. You said I'm putting. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. I'm putting. I'm putting my family yeah. in where they're going, and I'm going to sod off and watch the football. I own them. Uh, and then I'm coming back to London to watch the Champions League final with some mates and then going to go back uh, in the morning and have a nice holiday by the beach. What are you doing? For half term? Yeah. Um, so we we thought about going away, but then the two my two youngest girls really like this half term swimming thing that they do here at the local leisure centre. So uh, we're not going away so that they can do that. But we will do some days. Yeah. Um, I just don't know. We don't fully know what they're going to look like yet. Keep it. But Friday I'll spend keep it flex. getting a, wit, a witty uh, out of office message. Oh my, oh my I've goodness. really set it up now. Like when people get the out of office, they'll be like, oh, that's pretty dry and shit. Yeah. <laughs> I won't have an out of office because people are used to me not responding for about yeah. four days anyway. What's your uh, reason to be cheerful? My reason to be cheerful is, um, is, is football. Um, and every, or not just football, I suppose you could say any kind of sport, but football and the way, you know, I think it gets a lot of bad press uh, for the right reasons and, you know, rightly so sometimes, particularly when you see some of the things that have happened. But I think behind those things that are not great, like football really has a way of bringing people together. Uh, me and my son who moved in with us recently in December last year, we like really, really bond over football. Uh, my two youngest girls really, really bond as well with me now over football. They came to the the playoff 
leg that we got Swindon eventually got knocked out of. So, like, football's been awful to me in the last couple of weekends. Uh, but just the way that it brings people together. And, look, I know Fantasy League, the way that that brings us together and we have good banter over that. And Who won in our great. battle? Uh, for Fantasy League um, come on you won by about 20 points ah there, come on let's be magnanimous very, I won for the second consecutive year um, yeah. pathetic you are yeah. absolutely <laughs> pathetic um, let me have my reasons to stop interrupting sorry me. go ahead um, uh, um, uh, I know Sunday wasn't great for you in the way that it turned out yeah. but just the emotion of it all watching it as for me as a neutral yeah. and you know the little stories behind it Gerard being Manager of Villa and Coutinho scoring yeah. that goal and two 0 yeah, Don't I mean, remind I don't me break, again, mate. Don't want to break your yeah. heart again. But at that point, you really thought <sighs> Liverpool are going to win this. Yeah, I did. And then for it to just turn around like it did, I don't know if you saw um, Jack Grealish's interview. I just thought I think Jack Grealish is brilliant. He's very. I think he's very human in the way in which he is interviewed. I don't know if you saw I it. didn't watch any Man City uh, press or their parade or any of that um, stuff. Oh, no, you're controlled by the media, aren't you? And just I watch am. what they feed you. Yeah, <laughs> just watch no, Liverpool you, li- feeds, yeah. Of course. No, I actively yeah, chose not to engage in that. Yeah, yeah. I, so yeah, your well, reasons to be cheerful has made me miserable. Thanks very much, Judge. <laughs> <laughs> Success. Has, this has actually been a really good conversation. I hope that people enjoy it. We will see them all. Uh, this will go out next week, and then we will see them in a couple of weeks, and we will be in the studio. We're going to talk to you about that. Yep. Brilliant. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kyle.